What is up, designers, and welcome back to the Grand Design Podcast. The podcast is all about taking the ideas in your head and shoving them out into the world in the form of mass movements. Um, today's a super, super, super special episode. You know, it's actually our second uh, guest we've ever had on the podcast. It's a guy coming over from the Beast Nation podcast. Um, and man, he came on this podcast to shed a lot of wisdom in terms of life, business, and mass movements because he's lived through you know the the heights the very heights in the very pits and depths of all of it you know this is somebody who's in it at the age of 23 years old really literally with no other experience in business built a multi-million dollar oil business all from scratch that lasted and reigned for years and years and years and then after that was able to flip the skills that he learned in that business to raise over two billion dollars for you know two billion dollars billion with a b for businesses that are similar to his own using the skill set that he learned in that old endeavor. Um, this is an entrepreneur that's, you know, well-connected, well-linked up. This is a designer that is well-linked with the designs. Of he knows people like uh, Bobby Castro, six, $600 million net worth. People like Matthew Knowles, uh, you know, Beyonce's father, you know, um, establishing the music industry, obviously. <laughs> Ties with Jay-Z. Um, man, people like... Uh, Antonio T. Smith Jr., who we also just finished the interview and will be coming on the podcast with soon. We actually got a real special ordeal going with him right now. Um, he's a Forbes council member. Uh, went from zero to a nine-figure business, you know, from living in a trash can to a nine-figure business. Fastest brain in the world, Elon Musk status. This dude is insane. And all of these people have their links to Brad Blazer. They've all been on his Conquer the Crisis Summit. Brad, 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 well, there's an interviewer name, right? Interviewee name right there. His name is Mr. Brad Blazer. Um, or you can call him the the Beast. Um, phenomenal guy. You know, he's went through, obviously we talk a lot about his business, but we also crack into his diet. What is his best diet and the patterns of eating to uh, facilitate brain function, you know, in, in order to get what you need to do uh, done efficiently. Um, how do you last within, you know, as a designer, because it is a hard journey when you're in a partnership, maybe a marriage or a relationship, how do you maneuver through the interstices of, uh, your crisis? You know, cause we all going to go through crisis. We're all going to go through chaos. How do you maneuver through that? Because he was also somebody that actually went through a divorce also, you know, while he was building or during the collapse of his initial business or during a shutting down. I mean, I don't know if I want to call it a collapse. But, you know, the guy has been through the ups and downs of life in pretty much every domain. And uh, he gave us a really, really super interesting interview that I think everybody should tune into and listen to. And so without further ado, and I want to thank him. I want to thank you, Brad Blazer, for being on this podcast, uh, you know, giving out all this information, giving all this knowledge, giving off your time, energy and ideas. You know, you didn't have to do that. And so I really appreciate you coming on this podcast and uh given us the goal that you've given us and so without further ado i'm going to cue the theme music and you can listen to the conversation that i had it's about an hour long between me and mr brad blazer um but before i get into that obviously i want to say you know we got a bunch of links in the description we'll have some of his books some of his summits um a little bit more information about him we'll have um some of my own personal links down there you can sign up for a memoir launch uh the launch list and things like that uh, but more importantly, I want to say if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoyed the episode and the goal that we've been bringing to you and, you know, because I really enjoy making it for you first and foremost. Uh, so if you're enjoying that, please subscribe to this podcast, no matter what platform you hear it on. Number one, please do that if you do anything. And number two, rate this podcast. 
regardless of what you want to rate it, give us your real, honest, personal emotion. Um, and really, that's all I have to say. Without further ado, I'm going to cue the theme music, and you can hear the conversation between me and Mr. Brad, uh, Mr. Brad Blazer. Thank you, everybody, for listening, man. I really appreciate you. How do people like us, the visionaries, the creatives, real people with real ideas, people who don't have mass budgets, platforms, or teams, and people who live in this noisy world dominated by internet gurus, influencers, and big brands, the people attempting to make a dream on our own dollar, how do we get our ideas to pierce through all the noise in not only a massive, but a massively profitable way? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dallas, and this is Grand Design, the podcast about taking the ideas in your head, pushing them out into the world, and informing mass movements. All right, and we are recording. Hey, this is Dallas Brader. Welcome back to the Grand Design Podcast. The podcast is about pushing the ideas out into your head in the form of mass movements. And today we have on somebody special. Today we have on somebody that I've been following for a long time. Someone that, you know, you're not just going to randomly bump into in society. Someone that you're not you're probably just going to see walking down to the corner. So someone who's done, an, you know, actually went out and not just on the Internet in terms of brick and mortar and done the footwork where other people haven't done. Raised billions of dollars, made multi-million dollar businesses. Today we have one Brad Blazer. So, uh, or Mr. Brad Blazer, I don't know how I should refer to you, but how you feeling today? I'm feeling good. You can just me as the beast. Uh, all right, the beast. We got the beast on the day. Uh, what are you What are you thinking about? Um, have, what have you been thinking about this week? What's been on your mind? Uh, it's been a busy week. You know, I'll tell you. I just came back from Dallas, uh, talking uh-huh. to a company up there <clears throat> that wants me to come in and uh, help work with them. But you know, the thing that I'm always thinking about is a bigger future. Um, I sit down every Sunday and I spend a good part of my weekends uh, not taking a vacation from life like so many people do, which is unfortunate, but it's really sitting down and planning for a bigger, brighter future. You know, what I've learned by studying and being around a lot of big thought leaders and just asking them, you know, what, what makes you different or what made you successful um, what they basically tell me is, look, you know, I work my ass off. I hustle and grind five days a week. Most people look forward to the weekends because they're like, man, it's time for some beer and chicken wings. But what, <laughs> what big time people do is they usually spend Saturday, you know, working on their fitness, spending time with their family, uh, yeah. kind of taking that day uh, as the Sabbath. If you're a religious person, you know, they say the Lord made the world and then, of course, took a day of rest. But then on Sunday, what they really do is they spend a good part of the day, of course, revitalizing and uh, using that to uh, re-engage. But really, then they kind of disappear. And that's what I do. And I sit down and I plan and I look at big events and I look at what can I be doing to really promote myself, my brand. And more importantly, uh, who can I be connecting with? What introductions can I be making? Because... You know, I listened to a video uh, last year that really changed things for me. And it was when Matthew McConaughey won the Academy Award in 2014. And he said when he was up there on stage holding the Oscar, there's really three people that I want to thank. One, of course, is the good Lord. The other is my beautiful wife and my family. And then the third person I want to thank is me because what I'm chasing is I'm chasing a better version in myself five years from now. 
And that's kind of what I'm thinking about, you know, pretty much on a daily basis, Dallas. It's what, what more can I be doing? What can I be looking forward to? What, what uh, other big people can I reach out to and be connected with? Because I realize that my net worth is going to be tied to my network. You know, that's an old saying, your net worth is your network. And I firmly believe that. You, you hang around with big time people, you start talking about ideas, you start seeing the kind of cars they're driving or the kind of private jets they're flying in or the big yeah. old mansions they're living in or the big bulk boats. And you're like, dude, man, I should have that shit too. Why, why don't I have that? Well, maybe it's I'm not connected to the right people or maybe I'm in the wrong vehicle. I firmly believe that there's a lot of level 10 people out there that are stuck in level four opportunities. And what I mean by that is it doesn't matter how hard you work, how hard you grind, you're only going to make so much money doing what you're doing. Yeah. Does that make sense? You, you got to pivot and you got to find another vehicle that's going to compensate you for the skills and knowledge you have and pay you at a higher pay scale so that you can get ahead financially and start mm -hmm. putting some money in the bank. And I tell people, man, you got a knowledge and you got a skill set, but maybe you're just not being compensated for those skills or that knowledge at the highest price people would be willing to pay. Yeah. And so you got to kind of figure that out for yourself. But man, I'm, I'm thinking every day, my mind is always going 100 miles a minute. Yeah, 100%. And so who, who are those people, you know, and uh, what are some of those moves that you've been really like? You know, is there a person or uh, uh, in addition to what you already do that you've been eyeing real heavy? Oh, yeah. I've always got what I call my, my hit list. You know, uh -huh. um, when, when you look at how I run uh, what I call kind of our, our lead system, mm -hmm. uh, we have different buckets. We have what we call a, a farm club. These are people that have just expressed interest in, you know, what we do. They've filled out a form on the Internet or they've kind of entered our, our marketing funnels and you know, they're engaged, they're following me on Instagram, they're liking shit, they're making comments. And so that's kind of what we call our farm club. We're kind of watering those plants, right? And uh, we're hoping that some of them will bloom and blossom to ultimately become beasts. Then we have our hit list. And uh, the hit list is a group of people basically that either I or my team, you know, Lisa, Joe, have physically had a phone call with or interested mm -hmm. Maybe they just haven't seen enough. And so what we're doing is we're pushing them to a future event. Well, hey, why don't you join Brad next week? He's going to be doing an intensive training on this. We'd like to give you the chance to sit in and kind of audit that for free. Or, you know, he's got his big Conquer the Crisis event. But then I've got what I call uh, my, my top 25. And that's a list of big time people that I have not yet worked with or connected with. Uh, there might have been some mild engagement where, you know, we've uh, – texted or we've uh, you know sent some dms uh, you know one dude yeah. that i want to work with is albert Preciato out in california the mortgage guys uh, another dude that i want to work with is ed Milet. uh you know others out there of course tony robbins uh, i've got a connection to tony that we're trying to work a uh, rock thomas of course who i know very well uh, and i've interviewed uh, is a tony robbins disciple and so i want to sit down with rock and coach burton say you know how can we build a two-day intensive and bring Tony Robbins in as one of the other speakers. And it's really just, you know, kind of looking at that network of people. But it's not just also that network of speakers and coaches that I want to cultivate. I want to start also breaking into the music industry. I mean, you know, I've got Chaka Khan, who's, you know, one of the world's best singers. She's following me on Instagram now. I got, of course, Winona Judd. 
got uh-huh. you know Billy Dorsey. I got of course Citizen Cope. I got you know Matt Knowles. Of course, you know Matt. You of course is tied to Beyonce and Jay Z, and uh-huh. he knows a whole shit list of people. So it's it's how can I start pivoting and maybe provide some coaching or some assistance to people in in that industry. So uh-huh. it really you know I'm always chasing people. I mean. You know, you, you really should make a list of 25 people that you want to be doing business with or at least be connected to so that when you say, hey, I'd like to have you on my podcast or I'm doing a big time event like Brad Blazer's doing Conquer the Crisis, they're like, man, boom, let's do it. Sign me up, you know. 100%. That, that, I think that's one of the biggest ideas, Um. period. You know, in all of life, you go to school and they say, oh, life's not a popularity con- popularity contest. It kind of is in a funny way. I just got the Traffic Secrets book. You know, it was kind of all about that stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I'm glad you said that. But if we uh, – I want to peel back a little more because, uh, like you said, off air, you know, the story, your story, your personal brand story is really um, – the centerpiece of swaying individuals to, towards your mass movement because this podcast is all about mass movement. So swaying people towards your brand, your mass movement. And so it would kind of be a useless episode if we didn't cover some of that, you know? So uh, like, if you have anything that you want to, um, if you want people to follow you and follow behind your idea, follow, follow behind your movement, follow behind your books, I think I should cover that too. So where, like, where did this all begin for you? Like, where did this all begin? You know, really, it began a, a hell of a long time ago when I was 23 years old, and uh, I just had this vision and this dream. I started my oil company as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, hell, I didn't know shit about starting a business. I mean, all I knew is I got to print some business cards and some letterhead and start talking to people, and all of a sudden, I had people that were sending me checks for twenty five, fifty thousand dollars uh, in the mail to invest in my drilling programs. And then I realized, oh shit, you know, I need a CPA and I need an attorney. And I started building some infrastructure around me, and that, of course, evolved into a you know small little oil company uh, that was raising millions of dollars a month. And I mean, it enabled me to get a badass Porsche, and, and then I had a beautiful old Jaguar XKE, and you know, real nice stainless gold Rolex, and living high on the hog. And, uh, you know, I had a pivot when all of that stuff changed in the late 80s due to the collapse of the oil industry and changing tax laws. And that's when I kind of figured out, hey, I'm real good at raising capital. Let me go raise money for other people that would pay me a lot to do that. And I raised over $2 billion. But really, where it started for me was about 10 years later where I said, you know, I'm going to write a book. And I was probably in my early 30s, and I started writing this book called On the Wings of Eagles, Learning to Soar in Life on the premise that, you know, hey, you can learn from a kid that started a multi-million dollar company in his 20s. But I never finished it. And, you know, 20 years went by, and then I was in my office one day, and I found that old little floppy disk in a drawer. And, you know, now, of course, we don't use floppy disk. And I'm like, holy shit, I need to finish what I started. And the whole book changed because over the last 15 years, I've had interactions or I've heard from some of these big time thought leaders where, you know, I've heard Kevin Leary speak probably three or four times. I've met, you know, Magic Johnson, uh, Joe Namath, you know, uh, Damon John uh, and some big time people. And so I looked at this big list of all these notes and I'm like, shit, man, there's millions of people all over this planet Earth that would love to meet just half of this group. And here I've basically met each and every one of them. And I've sat down and either talked to them or I've heard them speak as a keynote. And so I came up with the outline, wrote the book, book did well, uh, became the number one read for young entrepreneurs on a big list. And then, of course, uh, that started to catapult itself into speaking on radios and getting radio interviews and then doing the TV. 
and, you know, starting a coaching program and really becoming a person of interest and getting on all these big global podcasts around the world. And once you start this process in motion, it's kind of a snowball, you know, I mean, I didn't start with 20,000 followers on Instagram. Hell no. Yeah. But you know, once you start getting on big podcasts like addicted to success or dropping bombs, where these dudes have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, people are like, well, holy shit, who is this little young whippersnapper, Brad Blazer? Maybe I need to start following him too. And then they basically become members of our tribe. And so I tell people, I'm not trying to sway you. I'm not trying to brainwash you. I basically have the belief that inside everybody, there's a beast. It's kind of like Coach Burt says, you've got prey drive. It's just that your prey drive has not been activated yet. You're living a life of complacency. You're lazy as all fucking shit. And you're sitting on your ass at home playing a little violin, singing a sob story of, you know, hey, my life sucks. I'm on a treadmill. I go to work every day. My boss or my manager dictates how much money I'm going to get paid. And at the end of the day, you're just a victim of the self-doubt and limiting beliefs. And so my role really in people I coach or mentor is I've got to activate what I call that prey drive. It's getting that beast into attack mode so that you're going out every day hungry. You're going out every day wanting more. You're going out every day on the prowl. And that's why we call our coaching program Build a Beast. I mean, you're literally creating that mindset of just attacking life. Now, whether you want to hire me as a coach or not, I could care less. Just join our Beast Nation where you're getting our emails and you're getting my, uh, my Tuesday and uh, my Thursday rhythms because that in and of itself will have a positive change on you. It'll start sinking in, start listening to the podcast because so many people tell me, that my life has been changed just listening to podcasts, whether it's mine, whether it's Bradley's, whether it's someone else's, mm -hmm. because I believe firmly that one idea or one thought can change a person's entire life. You can hear one idea, and once that idea sinks in, it's like, man, I'm going to take action on that one idea. And then, boom, yeah, your life changes. A absolutely. Uh, and for everybody listening, uh, he's rebranding. I don't know if it's in the transitionary period or not, but go listen to the Beast Nation podcast. But, uh, you know, go listen to the um, Antonio T. Smith Jr. podcast. Go listen to Infer to Kill, Addictive yeah. Success, all these different people that he's talking about. Um, that's a lot of powerful stuff, especially, you know, the entire story of releasing the first book because, you know, that's a little bit also what the podcast is about. So I want to dive a little deeper into that. I believe that the conduit to your mass movement, the easiest way, not the only way in the modern era is through the release of a book or what we call a sales memoir, mm -hmm. you know, because it, uh, it's so, it's such a static and finite in, in way to, you know, really break down people's false beliefs and induct them to the culture of your business. But, um, even before I get into that, I'm a little curious because a lot, a lot of, uh, podcasts, I feel like they skim, over some of the more important details. Like uh, you obviously have a lot of business acumen, but the person behind it is important too. And so I want to, I listened to a bunch of podcasts before this one, just to wonder like, you know, what, what, where are the missing pieces in? I feel like a part that, you know, that's not really emphasized that a lot of people might be going through even myself right now is mm -hmm. so you are at the top of this oil company, but then within a year span, you know, in, you know, it wasn't a bad thing. You know, you paid everybody severance. You didn't file for bankruptcy. In a year span, you slowly collapsed the, you know, the entire thing and went back to school. But what is, what are you, what are you feeling at this point in time? What's, what's going through you? 
you know? Oh, I mean, life sucked. I mean, uh-huh. shit, I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. You know, luckily I had a pretty decent bank account and I could continue to pay the mortgage and mm-hmm. continue to put food on the table and quote, take care of necessities. But I mean, you know, life sucked. Here I was basically the CEO living high on the hog, driving a beautiful Porsche, living in a nice house, had a nice office and all that shit disappeared. And then of course I went back to school to complete my undergraduate degree. And then I come out and I start interviewing for jobs and I realize I'm so overqualified for the shit I'm interviewing for. It's like people wanted to pay me a salary for the amount I was accustomed to making in like, you know, six to eight weeks. I'm like, dude, you want to pay me 60 grand shit? I used to make that a month. I mean, like (laughs) there was a huge disconnect where I was just like, shit, maybe I need to go to medical school and become a damn doctor and a surgeon so I can get back to that level of income. (laughs) luckily I just realized that I wasn't pursuing those things for the right reasons I mean yeah I wanted to do well financially and and live a comfortable life and if you're going to go into medicine they'll tell you don't go and become a doctor just because you want to make a shitload of money because it's grudgery you're you know you're going through the residency Uh, you really want to be a doctor because you want to help people yeah Um, that's why they have all the interviews and stuff but you know to make a long story short I was at a low point, dude. I mean, you know, my first wife divorced me. So I lost the woman I loved. Um, She was concerned that we were going to go bankrupt because her paternal father went through a bankruptcy and uh, her mother left. And so, you know, one day she's coming to me like, you know, how are we going to pay our bills? And I'm like, don't worry about it, dude. We got money in the bank. And then eventually she just got, you know, so stressed uh, because I was kind of sitting at home and not really moving forward in my life until I finally had that pivotal moment where I said, okay, boom, I've had enough. It's time to do this. And I just went and I took action. So, you know, that was a low point. And I think that everybody has to somehow reach a low point in life where you get to a point. Tony Robbins talks about this in his book, Awake the Giant Within, where he says, yeah, I was living in an apartment and washing clothes in the bathtub, you know, eating macaroni and cheese. I mean, Tony Robbins wasn't always the rich dude he is today, but boom, he snapped. And he just looked at himself and said, this can't continue. And I think that with a lot of people in my coaching, I say, you have to come to grips with yourself. And like Brad Lee will say, the first person you have to sell is yourself. You have to say, self, I apologize to you. I apologize for allowing me to get so low in my life that I'm in the situation I'm currently in. And this ain't going to continue from this day forward, man, I'm going to be thinking big. I'm going to be going pro in everything I do. And, and you just go with an intensity that is just like a beast. I mean, you attack and, and there ain't no turning back. There ain't no giving up. There ain't no plan B. It's like, this is what I want. And this is what I'm going to go get. And then you just got to take action. You have to basically block out all the naysayers. You have to block out all the bullshit. You have to block out all the haters that you'll have because there will be haters. And at the end of the day, what those haters are really saying is, Hey dude, I hate you. Cause I want to be just like you, <laughs> but you know, you just got to go, dude. I mean, you just got to go and there'll be a point in the future. If you just continue to have that vision and can continue to pursue it where the, the money and the wealth and the following will start to come. And then it will just start to grow and compound. You'll start making big connections. People will start taking notice. And, uh, you know, before you know it, you're getting articles written about you. I mean, I just had an article written about me and Disrupt Publication uh, by Lewis Rogers, who's the CEO of the whole damn magazine. He reached out. And so, you know, you become this person of interest 
And, uh, you know, my wife hates it because she's like, dude, you know, you ain't that famous yet. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe I am a little bit, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of like Coach Burt says, how do you live with the monster? And the biggest challenge I've had to make literally like in the last six or nine months is how to balance this life as kind of a small ass little celebrity where there's attention yep. over here from people. And of course, my wife and my daughter that need attention too, which is why Coach Burt's wife, Natalie, wrote the book Living with the Monster. And we've now worked it out, of course, in our relationship where I'm involving my wife. She's going to be involved in the rental properties and things and wow. kind of leading the design, turning that over to her because she likes doing that stuff and building a life of what I call congruity, where she's now kind of part of the team where we're working together for a brighter future rather than just kind of being off on the sides. But, you know, uh, Jesse Yule and Katie Yule out in California who are on um, – uh, Conquer the Crisis 3 said, when you're in a relationship, you got to think about making what they call deposits every day, deposits of love. Because yeah. once that bank account goes dry, or you worse yet, get into a deficit where you no longer have any money in that account, that's what leads to divorce. That's what leads to unhappiness. And so every day, if you're in a relationship, whether you're married, whether you got a, 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 a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you know, you got to be making the deposits. You know, hey, I love you. Leaving little notes, little things that you do to show that person that they're special to you. And it doesn't take a lot, but if you don't do that on a regular basis, you start creating friction and you start running into a situation where that bank account goes empty, you, you don't want to beat her. And so, you know, what I'll tell you, Dallas, is, I mean, that period for me in my life was a low point. And it was a point where I finally said, look, you know, I've been successful. I can do this again. I think that when you're successful at any point in your life and you lose it all like I did, you have the internal knowledge and say, you know, if I did it once, maybe I can do it again. I have the skills. Do I have the courage? A lot of people don't have the courage or they think that I'm too old now. You know, I'm now in my forties or my fifties. I'm no longer in my twenties. I can't take risks like I could before. Bullshit, dude. You know, I say bullshit to that. That's just an excuse. And at the end of the day, what you've got to do is just have confidence in yourself because you don't want to look back when you're an old 90-year-old man saying, man, I had so much damn potential. I built a multi-million dollar company and then I lost it and I went for 40 or 50 years basically just living a life of misery or just basically getting by working for someone else. Why did I not take action and build something big again? Right. I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to build something big. I want to leave a legacy to the world. I want people to know who Brad Blazer is and I want people to know how I impacted their lives. And so that's what fuels me kind of on a daily basis. I mean, yeah, I mean, I make good money doing what I do, but trust me, I ain't doing it for me. I'm doing it for everybody. And if I affect everybody, then of course the wealth follows. And so anybody that's big time in this business, whether it's Bradley, Tony Robbins, Brendan Bouchard, Albert Preciado, anybody that's out there at that level knows, dude, it ain't about me. It's about helping as many people as I can, pulling them up by the bootstraps, teaching them the skills I have, teaching them how to get their head straight so that they can see a bigger future, getting them to unlock the potential. Because once you do that, people are like, dude, look at what this dude did for me, man. Shit. I mean, look what I did for Tanny, who was coming to me basically crying. My business is falling apart. Now she's got Winona Judd, big time country Western superstar as a client. I said to her, dude, man, that testimonial right there is going to get you probably another three to five big time artists. Once you say, hey, by the way, we're working with Manona Judd, we're working with Citizen Cope, it's like, shit, man, sign me up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your, 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 your person of interest score, your credibility just 
it, it explodes. It goes way off the chart. When people see me do these Conquer the Crisis events, and I've got Tim Story and Brad Lee and Coach Burton, and Bobby Castro and Antonio Smith Jr. right beside me on the poster, they're like, man, who's this dude Brad Blazer we haven't heard about? Well, now they've heard about me. They know who I am, and they start following me. And that's how you start creating that motion and that intensity in your life. A lot of these other coaches and speakers that I've connected with, like Melissa Jackson, Ben Murison, I've noticed they're getting some of these other people that have been on my Conquer the Crisis Summits yeah. on their podcast. Sure. That didn't just happen by magic. That happened because they're now part of that network, and it's so much easier for them to make that connection because mm -hmm. they don't have those limiting beliefs and they don't have those fears. They understand the importance of reaching out and basically um, tapping people. Yeah, uh, those connections, they, they do um, they do mean the world. Uh, Lewis, uh, I read his article about you, and I was able to follow him at, uh, at yep. Disrupt CEO because of that. And uh, that's also a beautiful idea, you know. And I want, want to emphasize this part because I talk about it so much. You know, it might be in the intro for yourself, for ourselves, you know, everyone that's listening to this, you might begin the journey. Like if you're starting maybe where I'm at, you know, you might begin the journey where you just need resources. And so you might start from what I call the competitive self-serving frame of mind, but you'll eventually grow like Brad Blazer, like, uh, you know, we haven't had anybody else on to this point, well, like Yash, you know, and like uh, the different people I've interviewed and written books for, um, you'll grow into empathetic and collaborative frame of mind you'll grow past these things that burden you down but even more on a microscopic level for the people who are in that you know in that dark place or in that low point because you'll have low points routinely if you mm -hmm. haven't given the small deposits of love and you know things are going downhill fast mm -hmm. like you're in, a, in, in let me say a relationship or marriage and maybe it hasn't been functioning well maybe it has and you're managing a chaos at the same time. What are some of the strategies? Like, how do you manage that situation? Like, how do you maneuver in that? Or do you feel like it is better to just, uh, like, is that a lost cause? No, not no. You have to understand that where you are in life is a product of the decisions you've made. Mm -hmm. You basically are a, a product of your beliefs, uh, of your habits, and what you do daily. And so one of the first things I tell people is there's a tremendous connection between your mind and your body. And so yeah. if you're at a low point in life where you've lost your job or you're sitting on the couch or you're in a mild depression and you just don't want to get out of bed every day, the best thing you can do is get up and move and just start a small little fitness program. Because once you become fitter and you start focusing on your health, you'll start noticing, hey, I feel better. I got more energy. And that'll, of course carry itself in how you now present yourself to other people. You'll walk taller, you'll have more energy, you'll be more confident when you look trimmer, you're not carrying around an extra 30 or 40 pounds around your gut. <laughs> Good. And so that naturally just gives you confidence right there. But what I tell people, and this is what I learned when I interviewed Dana Cavalier, who was the New York Yankees performance coach. And of course, this dude's hanging around with people like Jeter, Posada, you know, Joe Torre, A-Rod, and I said, how do you guys as the New York Yankees, when you're down by three points at the bottom of the eighth inning, say to yourselves, we're not giving up and, and come out in the ninth fighting and attacking it with just as much fucking energy attacking that ninth inning like you were in the first. And I said, a lot of big time championship teams don't do that. They're like, dude, we're down three points. <laughs> Game's over. 
you know, yeah. <laughs> it's because we never give up. We realize that one small thing can change the whole outcome of that game. Maybe a guy doesn't catch a, a, a ball, you know, or maybe, uh, you know, a home run is hit that really just uh, reinvigorates the team. But what I tell people is if you're at a low in life, what you want to do is you want to look back over your life for what I call a monumental event, an event in your life where you can look back and kind of smile and say, you know, I'm proud of that. I, I did something good. Now, it might not have been recently. Maybe you were the president of your sixth grade class, or maybe you yeah. were, you know, some great athlete when you were in high school. But I always tell people the mind can only focus on one thought at any one time, mm-hmm. right? So if you go and you basically remove that negativity and just say, hey, man, that's like a weed, you pull that out and you put in a good, nice little plant, you put a little water on that, that's going to mm-hmm. blossom. And so what I tell people is go into your mind and think of something in your past that you're really proud of, that puts a smile on your face. And focus on that, because once you start focusing on that, you'll start focusing on your blessings. Number one, you woke up today, right? (laughs) You ain't dead, so you woke up, you're still alive. Number two, you're in good health. Number three, hopefully you got a roof over your head, you got family that loves you. And so start thinking about the positives in your life and overcome the negativity mm-hmm. and then start just focusing on the things you want and start taking action. If you want a better job, if you want a bigger future, you got to send out resumes. You got to start networking. You got to start mm-hmm. talking to people. You got to start looking on the internet, start doing those things so that you can start setting that plan in yeah. motion. The other thing that I tell people, which is very, very important is understand that the two most important words in the whole human language are two of the smallest. And they're the words I am. And so I believe very strongly in positive affirmations. I believe very strongly in self-talk. And so when you start talking to yourself and using positive affirmations, over time, you'll start to actually move in the direction of those affirmations and those beliefs because the habits you start creating will reinforce those. And so I tell people it's like muscle memory. Start doing something so small. That once you do that for a couple of weeks becomes a habit and then start inserting another very small habit, start doing that and start following these habits of success because, you know, success um, ain't ain't, ain't magical. I mean, people that are successful leave secrets, right? We wake up early. We usually work out. We have a day planner where we organize our day. We know exactly what we're doing every 30 minutes, every hour. It's planned out. We know who we're going to be talking to. I know it's going to be talking to you today at one o'clock. It's on my calendar. And so when you start doing shit like that, you start moving to a level of success. And then once you start getting to that level of success, you say, okay, now that I'm here at this rung of the ladder, how can I climb higher? What more can I be doing? And you start looking ahead, like Matt McConaughey says, to quote, create a better version of you. Um, The problem I think a lot of people have is they're complacent. You know, some people have great comfortable jobs, they're making good money. And so they're not hungry. They're not driven. And, you know, that's fine for a handset of people that want that in their life. But for those that want more or feel that there's what I call another gear, right? You're you're a 12-cylinder car, but you're only operating on eight. And you know you get four cylinders in there that just ain't firing. Well, my job is to get those other four cylinders going so that you become that 12-cylinder sports car. Uh And a lot of people are just like, man, I'm stuck. I just don't know how to move forward. I just don't know how to get out of this funk or how to get out of this rut. And usually it's not that you don't know. It's just that you lack the courage to do it because it ain't easy. 
face it, making millions in creating a global brand or doing whatever any of us are doing at our level, it ain't easy. It's hard work. I've thought about giving up. Is it really worth it? Um, many a times. But you know what? At the end of the day, it is. Mm -hmm. Because the money that I'm creating, the legacy I'm building, it ain't for me. Yeah. It's for people whose lives I can impact. Think about the ability in three years for me to sit down if I get to the point and say, hey, MD Anderson, cancer research, here's a $5 million check. Mm -hmm. Boom. I want yeah, my name on the wall as people walk into that building. Well, that's going <laughs> to gonna affect people's lives forever. You know, I mean, I had a rich uncle whose name is on the side of a big building because he didn't just give five million. He gave more like a hundred million. So they literally named the whole damn building off this dude. And so huh. you, you start realizing that being successful gives you the ability to change people. Imagine going and getting your shoe shine. And there's a dude that's 70 years old shining your shoes. And you're like, dude, you should be retired at home watching TV. What are you doing here shining shoes? And he says, well, it's because my grandson wants to become a doctor and I'm helping him save some money. Yeah. Saying, you know, hey, why don't you bring your grandson in here one day to help shine shoes? I'd like to talk to that young man and then say to that young man, hey, dude, don't worry about your education because I'm paying for it. And the guy's like, what did you just say? He's like, dude, you're going to be a doctor because I'm going to bankroll you. I'm going to pay for it. And, and when you do something like that for somebody that's busting ass because you believe in another person and they've never asked you for anything other than just, you know, a tip. It's like, dude, the goodness you're able to do when you're that rich or that successful is freaking unbelievable. I mean, Bradley mm -hmm. says, I want to be a billionaire so that I can have a big event like Cardone and say to everybody in the audience, everybody look under your seat. And all of a sudden they look under and there's an envelope with a million dollars in it. Wow. I mean, that's changing people's lives, dude. But that's what Brad Lee wants to be doing. He doesn't want to just have all the money to himself. He wants to be able to give it back and change people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's powerful. You know that. So Bradley ever invites you, Dallas, to one of his events? You better damn go because there might be a million dollars on here. Yeah, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. He reminds me so much of Grant Cardone. It's funny, but <laughs> you know, um, man, that's a lot. But like. Uh, just on a more microscopic scale, because you have such a unique perspective on it. Like what, like, how do you, I guess the more of what I meant by the question is what do you do for or to your partner in the event of chaos? Because they're going, they're like the fire is going off in their head. Alarms going off. They're like, the ship is going down. Like, how do you put that fire out? Is what I mean. Like, you know, like what, yeah, what you basically have to do is, um, be very transparent and have great communication. Um, yeah. The challenge with many relationships is most men have been raised to be the breadwinner in the family. Yeah. Um, we're the ones that are supposed to carry the burden, carry the water. And a lot of times when things aren't going right, we hide. We don't want to tell our wives, hey, uh, yeah. I'm a little concerned or hey, uh, I'm worried. And, you know, it takes openness and it takes transparency. But what you find is that that builds trust. It actually makes the relationship stronger because a relationship built on trust is one that's going to basically be built around love. Yeah. When you hide things from your spouse or your partner, that's where the distrust comes in. That's where shit blows up. And I think most people realize that, you know, life's always going to throw you a curveball. Life's always going to have its ups and downs. And so really... What you want to do is just sit down and say, look, we're in this together. Let's create a plan. What can we do? Do we need to put together a budget? Do we need to cut back on some of our expenses? 
do we need to maybe get rid of one of the two vehicles and maybe look at alternative transportation, like taking the Metro or doing something like that? You know, what, what do we need to be doing? It ain't forever. It's just a temporary part of our lives. We got to kind of tighten our belt, but you know, you just got to suck it up. It's kind of like I say, you know, suck it up buttercup because there have been times in everybody's life, even if you're on top and you lose it all, it's what can I do to quote bounce back up and how quickly can I bounce back up? The other thing that I think is also very important is to provide inclusion so that you're including your partner and you're trying to figure out how can we do this together? How can we have something that we're building together as a couple? Let's say you both have your jobs. You're doing this, she's doing that. Figure out what you can be doing together. Maybe you say, you know what, why don't we go out and buy just a small little rental house and see if we can flip it. And on the weekends we'll go and we'll just get some paint from Home Depot. We'll go over there and hang out for a couple hours. We'll paint it together. And you can kind of be in charge of the decorations and picking out the colors because you're good at that. Maybe doing the landscape and yada, yada, done. So you're kind of flirting with them a little bit, playing to their strengths. And then boom, hopefully you sell the house. You make 20, 30,000 bucks. And they're like, holy shit, we just did this together as a couple. Let's go out and do it again. So it's really, I think, just figuring out what you both bring to the relationship and understanding that while you're very different people, that you're a team you know, and that you grew together for a reason. Um, it's kind of like Jesse Yule says, basically a relationship goes through four stages. It goes through the stage of passion where you fall in love with somebody and everything's great. And then it goes through a part of the relationship where you feel like, man, this is a challenge. <laughs> you know, do I want to stay in this relationship? And then it goes through another stage where it's kind of like a chore. It's like, I'm in it and I really want to get out of it. And then you finally get to a stage where you kind of find love once again, and that becomes commitment. And that's where you're like, man, we've been together through thick and thin for 10 years. I love you. We might not have the passion and the intimacy that we had when we first met, but I'm never leaving your side. And so you know, every relationship kind of goes through these problems. And let's face it, when you have kids, your focus ain't on your spouse. Your focus is on these damn kids that want to get fed, that are crying, that are running around, that are crapping in their damn diapers. And so, you know, your whole love, passion, you know, sex life, whatever it is you've had, basically get tossed out the window for a good period of time as you're raising toddlers and you get babies running around the house. And then after they grow up and they become teenagers and they start hating you and start challenging you and create friction where, you know, you got those, those kids, you know, well, I'm going to do this. No, you're not going to do that because I'm your damn daddy and I know better. I'll show you. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, that shit happens in every family's life across yeah. the world. And so you just got to deal with it and just kind of, you know, flow. With, and, but the thing I'll tell you is, you know, I find that if you add humor to life, that can diffuse a whole lot of problems. And so, you know, we laugh a lot in my house. We joke with each other. We, we poke fun. Uh, but it's all in good stride because that allows us to diffuse and kind of allows the stress of, uh, you know, being in a family to kind of just, uh, you know, roll off your back. And at the end of the day, we all go to sleep. We all say, hey, love you. We give each other big hugs and, you know, we, we go on to the next day. So it, it's tough. But, you know, the thing that I will tell you is that if you're with a partner and you've got tension or you're at each other's throat or you're at that point where you're like, dude, I just want out of this relationship, the best thing to do is to sit down and look back and say, what brought us together? And then have an open heart conversation and look at that person and say, this is why I fell in love. This is what I love about you. This is what I like. What is it you love or like about me? Now, they may look at you and say, I don't fucking like anything at this point. I hate you. <laughs> but, you know, but, but in reality, um, 
once you start having openness and I tell people going to a fucking counselor or going to these fucking marriage coaches, you know, I don't believe in that shit. I just believe that what that coach really is doing is just getting two people to sit on a damn couch and open up. I mean, if you can't do that yourself, <laughs> save the money, you know, yeah. go hire Jesse and Katie Ewell that were on conquer the crisis 3.0. They were a lot less expensive and they've saved a lot of marriages and they built a lot of great relationships for couples. Yeah. That, 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 that answer for some reason, I had some unnatural fire behind it. That was yeah. beautiful. That was beautiful, man. I think that was a jewel. It's the cycles of every relationship. You go through cycles of life, just like an entrepreneur, right? You know, you start off as a solopreneur, you hire a couple people, you build the company, you scale, you get to a point where you're like, holy shit, I'm on this treadmill. I got all these big stresses, all these big fears. How am I going to make payroll? And then all of a sudden you get to a point where the business runs itself and you're off on the beach with sand between your toes for two months. And you got managers and people that are taking care of shit. And that's when you become the magician, the wizard of Oz, the business will run itself. Yeah and you built an umpire. That's where we all want to be. And so the same thing is with the relationship. You start off and you go through this life cycle. And uh, it's just like being an entrepreneur. If you go into a marriage and say, I'm never going to give up, I'm never going to look back, we're stuck at the hip, and you're open and you, you talk and you build a relationship built on trust, then the relationship will bloom and blossom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's beautiful. And I, you know, I only have a few more questions because yeah. I got a battery right here just running low. And, you know, obviously I've been on for an hour, but, you know, you keep giving me so many different things to consider. And uh, so one of the things I want to touch on after this, because you said the body and the mind is connected, mm-hmm. is, is, is your personal diet. Like, what is your fuel? But before I even hit on that, because you just gave me this, is humor inside of an arena that is tense cures a lot of problems yep. and so this podcast is about mass movements and so I, you know i have my own philosophy about this like your instrument determines the success of your mass movement like your body and things like that but there are so many different variant factions in society so many different mass movements that are counteracting each other in the modern world today uh whether it be you know like black lives matter and blue lives matter feminist movement and mock tau, uh, Democrat, Republican. So is humor a big piece to solving some of the tensions that might, well, the tensions, I don't feel like they're real, but solving some of the tensions that might be in the political world today? Um, you know, I certainly think so. Um, I think we have a lot bigger problems that we need to solve in this world than sure. those. Uh, you know, I was just reading an article today uh, that was really well written that talks about how, you know, the the world is just kind of going in its own separate ways, whether it's whites against blacks or it's Muslims against Christians or whether it's, you know, Democrats against Republicans or, you know, people that wear a mask versus those that don't and yada, yada, yada. It's, you know, what you got to realize at the end of the day is we're all here together. And I think that out of this pandemic, like really any crisis, a lot of goodness will hopefully come. I mean, I live here in Houston. We've had Hurricane Ike. We've had Katrina. We had Harvey. Yeah. And you wouldn't believe how that brings people together, how that builds relationships, how people come out and help each other. And I see a lot of that now, but I certainly think we need a lot more of that. But, you know, what I'll tell you is that as someone that basically has people following him all over the world today, um, it's kind of neat to be able to sit down and talk to people in Australia or in Dubai or over in Kenya or, you know, down in Portillo, Chile. 
and say, you know, hey, how's it going for you down there in your country? What's going on? Are they opening up or how serious is it? And you start getting a much bigger global perspective rather than, quote, just hearing the shit you hear on your local TV here on CBS or NBC. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are really scared. And um, I get that. I empathize with that. Certainly people have lost family members. But, you know, life goes on. And you have to realize that you're the person that's in control of your future and your destiny. And you have to decide for yourself what it is you want in life. And then, of course, you have to take the action and go out and get it. Personally, for me, I believe there is a tremendous connection between the mind and the body. And I can prove that to just anybody because I do it at all of my speaking events. I'll have the audience stand up and I'll say, okay, I want you all to look up at the ceiling like you're looking up at the stars. And I want you to hold your arms up like this as you're looking up. And at the very top of your lungs, when I count to three, I want you all to yell at the top of your lungs. I am amazing. I am great. I am powerful. Wow. I mean, the whole room just boom blows up. And I say, okay, everybody sit down, fold your legs over kind of throw your shoulders forward, slump your head, cross your arms, sit like this. Now let's all do it again. And the level of intensity doing exactly the same thing is less than a third of what it was simply just based on your body posture. Uh So there's that big connection between your mind and your body. If your body feels like it's contracting, uh, it's obviously not going to have the same energy or be able to project the same level of intensity. The same thing, of course, about goals is most people don't take the time to put their goals in writing. And I think you and I have had this conversation before that Harvard did a study many years ago, found that only 3% of the population takes time to write down their goals. But that 3% that does that and then takes action out earns the other 97% 10x. And it's because once you see it, you can take action. And action is obviously taken through the body. It's the things that you do to pursue those goals. Um, and so there's a tremendous connection. I mean, I believe in fitness. I work out every day. Uh, and it just adds another layer of confidence to me. I mean, when you can rock out of bed any day in the week and just go run a half a marathon, like there ain't no tomorrow, right. like you can run a marathon any day. I'm like, yeah, pretty much I can go out and run 10 miles right now. And I can probably wait a couple hours and go out and do it again. It's like, it's wow. just because of the habits and the fact that I've, I've done that long enough where I've reinforced those muscles uh, and gotten to a point where to me, that's just very, very, um, important, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. If you're out on a stage and you're speaking in front of a thousand people, then you say, Oh, by the way, I've got a table over here. If you want to buy my books and hire me as a coach and you hop off stage as a 380 pound fat ass slob, nobody's <laughs> going to want to hire your ass. You know, you got to look like a Grant Cardone or you got to look like an Albert Preciado or, you know, coach Michael Burt, or you look at any one of these studs, they're studs. And my leg. They, they ain't duds. They're studs. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I want to ask you this one question. We're going to transition a little bit into wrapping up with a different series of questions. So your body fuels the mind. It's all interconnected. And, you know, posture and your own, your wellness by, you know, how your workout determines that, how your mind functions. And I have my own experiences with this. But, um, and this is something I just picked up the other day. I made a podcast episode about, you know, when you leave one paradigm and go to the next you know, um, initially you start in a collaborative and uh, self-serving mindset and you transition to the collaborative and empathetic, empathetic mindset. Yeah. And I made 18 podcast episodes talking about how you discard the competitive mindset. But the truth is, when you move to another paradigm, you keep the one behind it. And so a lot of people, myself included, I moved on to, OK, business, business, business. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do something for the world. And so I forgot about, you know, the self-serving mindset, which means I moved on to doing for the world and forgot about doing for myself, even in the form of working out and uh, eating healthy and things like that. You don't leave that behind. You just think about it in a different way. Right. Instead of eating healthy to get abs, I'm thinking about it from a different paradigm, but keeping the self-serving paradigm, I'm eating so I can better use my mind to serve people. And so in terms of that, I just wanted to drop that just because I forgot to add that in tomorrow, last yesterday's episode. But what is, even if you don't follow it, what is the right diet? What is the perfect diet? Well, I don't think there's, quote, a perfect diet. I mean, you have to basically subscribe to, quote, what works for you. Uh-huh. you know, there's vegans, there's vegetarians, there's people that fast, there's people that do, you know, all kinds of, quote, crazy stuff. I mean, I believe basically, in, you know, a low-carb, uh, high-protein diet. Uh, and then, you know, if I'm in a big event where I'm doing a triathlon or doing a marathon or something, I mean, I'll load up on some pasta or carbs because you just need that to fuel the body. But I mean, I believe that, you know, you want to focus on the four major food groups, you know, have some dairy, have some protein, whether it's, you know, lean chicken or turkey or whatever. I mean, I'm not a big meat eater. I don't eat steaks and pork chops, but I mean, I like chicken. I like fish. I like seafood, but I just think you want to lead a balanced life. Um, You know, I'm also a big believer in a, you know, protein shake. So if you're working out, you know, you want to give yourself a dose of protein, make a good protein shake. But really at the end of the day, it's just, you know, really kind of watching your calories, watching your intake. And just making sure that, you know, you're maintaining a healthy weight for your height. Uh, you know, if you start noticing that, you know, hey, man, I'm getting bigger than uh, I, I was two years ago. Uh, you know, you want to cut back or just start an exercise program. It doesn't take a whole lot. You know, you're not having to walk out the door and go start running three miles tomorrow. You know, just go for a 30-minute walk. Do that for three or four days. And then, you know, increase the intensity. Maybe look at the telephone poles or the light poles and say, okay, I'm going to walk from this one to that one. And then I'm going to jog to the next one. Then I'm going to walk again, do that for a week, and then increase the distance. Before you know it, in a couple of months, you'll be jogging three to five miles a day just because you've slowly increased the intensity of those habits. And by reinforcing those habits over time, you create that new belief. And the belief becomes, hey, i got to wake up every day and go do my three to five mile run. So it's real simple, but it ain't easy. And I tell people, the same thing applies to success. You know, it's real simple. Success leaves secrets, but it ain't easy. And so until you as a person have the desire and have the passion to bring about that change or that transformation in your life where you want to create a better version of yourself, it ain't going to happen. People are going to hire coaches, they're going to pay for books, they're going to listen to podcasts, they're going to go listen to people like Tony Robbins, they're going to leave, be motivated for two or three days, and then their life is going to be back to exactly where it was because they haven't got that passion. They're not ready to get going. And so when people are ready to hire me and I say, you ready for me to swipe the credit card? Yep, let's go. Let's do this. I'm like, well, before we do that, let's pause for a second. I want to make sure you're totally committed to this because if you ain't, I don't want to coach you. I only want people to become a part of my coaching program and to enroll in the Build-A-Beast if they're truly wanting this because it's going to be hard. I mean, I'm going to have conversations with you that you ain't going to want to hear. You're going to want to hang up the phone because I'm going to be getting in your face just like your damn mom. I'm going to be bitch slapping you. But that's what it takes a lot of times for someone to smack you up between the eyes to say, hey, Dallas, why in the fuck are you not doing this, dude? You know better. You told me two months ago when you hired me that this is what you wanted, but your actions don't speak your words. And so, you know, let's let's either, you know, figure it out today or let's just uh, accept the fact that you really don't have the desire and the passion for the transformation that you said you did. 
because at the end of the day, I ain't going to move in as your roommate. I ain't sleeping in the bed next to you. We're going to have conversations just like we're having now. But at the end of the day, yeah. the person has to be the one to want to change. What the coach's job is really to do is to unlock that potential and get that person to see the potential that's locked inside them and then take action to actually grow into what I call that bigger, better person. It's like the Jack Vaughn that came to work for me that showed up for an interview in a pair of jeans and a flannel shirt and dust all over his work boots and in a year made over $250,000. I allowed him to see the potential that was inside of him once he started wearing that suit, once he started learning what to say, once he learned the script and how to close people, his confidence level got to a point where every time he sat behind the desk in my office, he saw himself as J.R. Ewing. And that was his mindset. That was the belief. And so, you know, what you have to figure out is who are you? What do you want? And then more importantly, what is it that you're willing to do to go out and become that person? I say work harder today than most people will. So you can leave a life tomorrow that most people won't. Yeah. That, that's strong words right there, dude. If you work harder today than most people will, you'll live a life tomorrow that most people won't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I remember vividly the story of uh, a story of Jack and uh, his sales. Um, powerful story, man. Uh, but I only really have two questions left overall. And my first question is, what is where is this all headed? You know, what's what's the central idea of your life? You know. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. At the end of the day, Dallas, I mean, I just want to impact as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're going to continue to build this. We're going to be continuing to add probably new coaching uh, to our uh, programs to kind of broaden out. I could see us building a beast fitness uh, program. I could see us doing some other pretty cool stuff, full day intensive retreats where you bring groups of people together, expanding our mastermind. Uh, but really at the end of the day, it's, you know, just writing more books and really just, uh, you know, kind of building a global brand, but it's really at the end of the day about just really affecting people. Right. and building uh, people's lives so that it's more fulfilling for them. And so that they can say, you know, Hey, this dude really impacted my life in a positive way. And as a result of Brad Blazer and his being in my life, my life is better today than it was prior to meeting him. Right. All right. Now that, I love the answer, by the way. Um, that's a beautiful way to live. I appreciate that. Well, that's, that's, I think how everybody's try to live is to better the lives of others. Yeah. When you do that, you know, that's really how you're impacting other people in a positive way. Yeah. I don't think there's any other way to find fulfillment. Yeah. And to do that on a pure way, that's a big thing. But, um, so I'm, I'm, we, we had a little conversation the other day though, um, or earlier <laughs> before. And I was, you know, the, uh, um, I'm talking about, I'm giving away half my network for my story, which at the time was $40. <laughs> which that conversation, I'm glad we had it because I think it's a powerful point in society. People like to go and position themselves as things. And I've, I've been guilty of this before. Position myself as expert, position myself as success, position myself as, a, um, as whatever. And people like to hide behind yes. their finances in, in front about how much they have. And so I think through that conversation, we, we have just born a new segment to this show. And it's, I'm, I'm going to call it it's a little clickbaity, obviously, but I'm going to show what I have. And I'm going to do this on every show with every guest. And I'm going to ask, what would be your next move? Okay, yeah. well, let me tell you the situation. So if everybody can see, if you can't, I'm in the negative, right? <laughs> Rent is two grand. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, 
there are things I can do for, I can write uh, sales memoirs for people, you know, and get yeah. cash for it. I can delivery drive. I can, I can, I can do a couple different things, but obviously I can't see all the options that are ahead of me are, are in front of me. I don't have the 20 plus years of experience you might have. So if you're me, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What's your next move? You know, it's, it's kind of getting back to, you know, what I said earlier, Dallas. And um, what I said earlier is there's a lot of people that are level 10 people stuck in level four opportunities. And yeah. no matter how hard you work, no matter how many hours you put in, what you're doing will just never reward you at a higher level. You know, there are certain pay scales or certain thresholds to certain jobs in life. And you could be the best person at that in the entire country, but mm -hmm. you're only going to make 40,000 or you're only going to make so much an hour. And so what you got to realize is you got to pivot. You got to figure out what else can I be doing that I enjoy doing that people would be willing to compensate me at a higher level. Maybe it's creating some courses that you can upload to a platform like Brad Lee's and then sell that content and monetize it. Maybe it's writing a book where you have a calling and you have a book that you can then go out and sell to the world. Maybe it's figuring out how to get on stages through your podcast. Uh -huh. And so I tell people that, that, you know, there's always a way to be doing more and to be getting more. It's just that you have to realize that, you know, maybe I'm just not in the right vehicle. Maybe yeah. I need to look at doing something else. Maybe I should go get a real estate license or maybe I should go and try to get a, a broker's license, become a stockbroker, financial planner, yeah. where I can be making a hell of a lot more money than I am doing now and it might not be forever but if you're really really good at it you know you can make a lot of money you can build a nice career mm -hmm. or you can use that as a stepping stone to something bigger and better you can do that for a couple of years become really great at it make great money yeah. and then boom go do something else that you feel is really your true passionate calling in life yeah so so which of those options though what what would, what would be knowing what you know and having your skill set and what you care about your passion which movement would be your first move what would you go towards first would it be because i know you've raised over two billion dollars of capital it would would it be straight to cold calling straight to raising capital for people i wouldn't do that if you've never done it before uh, i mean if it was like literally you like if it was literally oh. yeah i mean if it was me i mean you know i'm at a point now where really i don't have to do that i mean i've got mm -hmm. multiple sources of income i've got rental property i've built kind of what i call you know horizontal income kind of like an oil well where you know it just yeah. comes in it's mailbox money but you know the thing that i would say to people is increase the intensity of what you're doing um, and when I say increase the intensity of what you're doing, that doesn't mean necessarily that you have to put more money into it. It yeah. just means, you know, make more phone calls, be doing more podcasting, be doing more Zoom calls and conversations, be reaching out to more people on LinkedIn. I mean, reach out to people on LinkedIn that you don't think will respond. And you'll yeah. be amazed if you say every day, I'm going to pick 10 big time people. And I'm going to go to LinkedIn, find out who the hell these people are. Mark Cuban, Elon Musk, Kevin O'Leary, Damon John, Kevin O'Harrington, yadi yadi. I'm going to send him a little email. Hey, I've got this great podcast. I'd love to interview you. Would you consider perhaps being on it? And boom, if you only get two people to say yes, those two connections are a hell of a lot bigger than anything you've ever had the five or seven prior years. So, you know, and then you say, okay, that's great, man. i got these two people. And so then it's just a matter of, you know, who are you connected with? Who, who else can you connect me with? And so by kind of just keeping that momentum going, much like I have, that's how you get to a point where you've got this huge Rolodex of people. And it's like, okay, I want to do a big event in six months. Who do I want to have on my event? Well, let's maybe Bradley, Bobby Castro, Coach Burt, Tim Story. I yeah. mean, any of those people are A-list people. 
And I know just getting three of those people on a big uh, uh, event with me is going to sell a shitload of tickets. So it's really just, you know, I'll tell people that are kind of at a point where they need to make more money is consider looking at a different vehicle. Look at what can I do to be compensated at a higher level of pay and then go do it. Right. Start yeah. a business, start a side hustle. Yeah, man, I, I, that's, yeah. Yeah, 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 I like that. If you got a full-time job and you're only making 12, 15, 20 bucks an hour, you know, as a clerk or doing something, start something on the weekends when you could be making a couple hundred bucks and then save that up before you know it, get someone else to come and work alongside you. I mean, that's how Damon John built FUBU, dude. I mean, he built that in his damn apartment. This dude wasn't always worth a couple hundred million dollars. He had yeah. a side hustle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just, I forgot this was audio for everybody listening. What just happened is I showed Brad my bank account. It's at negative $6.09. And what he's saying is you have to intensify what you're doing. Reach out. Well, you, you just heard his answer. That's part, that part's on intensify, intensify what you're doing. and find the right vehicle. Now, I'm going to, throughout the next couple of months, apply all of these things. We're having a, a launch for memoir launch on Janu uh, June 28th. That's the date we set. So we're going to see if we can go from that number to a much bigger and better number. That's the pro uh, process we're documenting. And so that's why we have people, you know, and that process is relying on people like Brad, like Brad Blazer. Love it. The man. I love it when people oh. challenge us. Yeah, you know, we got to, you know, that, that process relying on brilliant minds. And this is, like you said, you got to reach out to people. We're reaching out to people like him to see what he thinks to reverse this situation as we're documenting this process. And so I appreciate your mind. I appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate you for coming on this podcast. I really do. And uh, in closing, I do want to say, so because we haven't really touched on him, if you haven't followed, follow, uh, if you don't follow Brad Blazer, which you probably do if you follow me, follow him at, at Brad Blazer on Instagram. We got three novels on the market. All of them will be in the bio below. Um, it's the On the Wings of an Eagle. Put some Thrive in Your Hive. And he got a new one coming out in November 2020. Okay. And so uh, you can get his merch. You can his hat. You can sign up for his mastermind and do all these types of things. And I want you all to know, if you want to go from a negative, because a lot of you listening are in a negative. A lot of you listening are in the no, low numbers. Your overhead is higher than what you got. Tapping with Brad. Tapping with people like him. You know? That, you know, this is this is an absolutely necessary process, just like you said, because he knows the way he knows the route. Um, is there any final thoughts that you want to end on? Is, is it anything that I didn't touch on that uh, that you would like to add? Anything that you would like to promote, perhaps? Because, you know, you have. So yeah, I mean, I'll tell people right now, you know, the, the easiest way to get engaged with us is to uh, become a follower. Join what I call our beast tribe. Surround yourself with the other like minded people. Get the Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, emails that we call the weekly rhythms and uh, you know enroll in my online academy dude it's 49 bucks a month I mean hell it's the cost of a dinner uh, it'll put you into a library that's available 24 7 365 days a week there are courses there's content there's a area there called the skill shop where you have courses for people like you know Les Brown Kevin O'Leary Damon John uh, Bradley you know Tony Robbins etc and these courses will change your mind They'll teach you the skills. They'll give you the knowledge you need to make more money, to have the proper mindset. And I tell people, it ain't giving me $49. It's giving you the knowledge you need. If you're not willing to invest $49 a month 
for a bigger future, dude, you shouldn't be living to Dallas's fucking podcast. You should be yeah. going and building a box and living under a bridge and getting a sign on the curb saying, hey, feed me, <laughs> because that tells me that you don't oh, have oh, the desire oh. and you don't have the really the dream uh, of, of building more wealth. And that's the reason you're flat ass broke. And that's reason that, you know, you ain't where you want to be financially. Dude, 49 bucks a month, get into the Beast Academy, get the knowledge, get the skills. It's the cost of a damn dinner at a decent restaurant. But more importantly, it's what's going to give you the skills and the knowledge to transform. You go to my website, you look at the top, you click on the Academy link, you read all about it, and boom, you'll start getting regularly Tuesdays, Thursdays, emails, concepts, things that can dramatically help you change. And then you just got to put it into action. You got to read it and then you got to act on it. You got to read it. You got to act on it. It's like I said, the whole point of this conquer the crisis summit is one thought, one idea can literally change your entire life. Yeah. Y'all, y'all go sign up for the conquer the crisis summit. It's happening this Saturday. It is. Go to my Instagram. It's at Brad Blazer, B-L-A-Z, like zebra, A-R. And the most important part is click the link up in my profile, and that will pull you to the registration page and grab a seat because spacing is limited. Yeah. Got big hitters in there. You know, people who went from zero to 600 million. People like Bobby Castro running back and forth in the house when he was younger, fleas attached yeah. to his socks, all types of things. Yeah. Um, but came out, you know. But uh, so your podcast, is your podcast going to be up uh, anytime soon or is it? Oh, it already is up, dude. You go to my website, you'll you'll see a whole bunch of episodes for Beast Nation already. Oh, yeah, it's already up. Mm-hmm. Are you yep. are you moving to uh, the iTunes and Spotify? It was on there when I originally uh, It was on there, and then we pulled it off because we're actually going to be pushing it back out. But if you go to my website and you go to YouTube, you'll see all the Beast Nation podcasts. Matt Knowles, um, who else? We got Coach Bird. We got a whole bunch of people that we've done some podcasts with. Yeah, big, big, y'all. Come on, y'all. He knows Beyonce's dad. Come on. All right. So just in conclusion, yo, this is Brad Blazer. Uh, check him out most definitely. Is there anybody that you recommend that I have on the podcast? Oh, dude, I can email you a whole list of people that you need to get on the podcast. Uh, you know, it's a matter of building the courage and reaching out. Now, are you willing to reach out and build the courage? Because you said that you are. You know, you were uncomfortable with that. I don't want to have to be the dude that reaches oh, out. No. You that. If I give you my list, I want you to take uh, action on it. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I think you need to get someone like, uh, you know, uh, John Hawkins. You can get Ben Murison. He's up in Canada. He's great. Uh, you get Rob Thomas. Uh, you know, dude, you can get people like Roland Frazier. You can get, you know, Josh McAllen. I mean, you go to my website. Any one of those dudes are badass yeah. people. Oh, most definitely. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I recognize my state of being or recognize it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, think, and I want to, I want to emphasize that if you're in a bad situation, if you feel introverted, you're just, you know, you just give me, I don't feel uncomfortable with any of these things. I don't feel fear around money or fear around, I just feel absolute certainty. And like I said, you know, as long as we tap into people like Brad Blazer, we can't, we can't help but feel things, but absolutely certainly. But you know, this has been an exciting podcast, man. It's been you know real fun, real enjoyable. I uh, you know I appreciate. Think big. Yeah, I appreciate your story all the way down to the bottom. I appreciate you tapping in some to some of the more personal subject matter and some of the things you felt, and giving some of the perspectives that maybe people haven't heard before. Because I guarantee it'll change a lot of lives as time goes on. I hope uh, whatever I can, whatever I can do, whatever I can help with, uh, you can send it to me on Instagram. I don't know what I can help with. Maybe, uh, you know, book launches in the future or funnels or something like that. You know, wear a hat around. It'll change your attitude. Yeah. I'm gonna grab a hat, you know, 
And I start thinking that you're a beast. It'll guarantee it'll change you, man. You'll start thinking that you're a beast or get a T-shirt. Uh-huh. All right, man. I'll do it. I don't really know how to close these types of things. I'm not good at closing conversations, so I guess we can hang up now. All Thank right, you, man. I appreciate it. Think big. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy you it, Dallas. Thanks you for really hosting me, buddy. Peace out. <laughs> True or false designers, ghost riders in the modern era are completely outdated and no one should ever use a ghost rider again. Okay, now look, I understand everyone wants to write a book because it is the most effective way to build tribe and community around your central ideas in a profitable way. I understand that. It is the best way to push your ideas out into the world in the form of mass movements. And this is throughout history. Think of the Communist Manifesto, <clears throat> think of the Bible, think of Mein Kampf. You know, every time you see an entrepreneur, ask him, how did he get started? He'll say, rich dad, poor dad. You know, he'll say, think and grow rich. The best way to induct people into your tribe is through a book, and there is no denying that. But a lot of people, they turn to ghostwriters because there is a gap between the ideas in their head and the words on paper. And that gap is filled with obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And I understand that. These are some of the things that I've experienced. Tell me if this is familiar for you. Man, writing my first book, it was just like a soup of ideas in my head and I didn't know where to start. Is that something you've experienced? Like it's like ideas floating around and you don't really know how to structure it. Is that something that you've been through? Like, where do I even put this in this chapter? Da, 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 da. And then all these blogs, they make a freaking outline. No one wants to make a freaking outline. You know, I could spend that valuable time I spent making an outline actually writing the book. How about that? Another thing is time. No one has the freaking time to write a real book. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, you have business to take care of or, or a work to go to or family or actually life to enjoy that's not sitting at a freaking laptop you know well no one wants to spend 365 days of the year the entire summer sitting there two three hours a day crunching in words on a freaking laptop it's completely redundant it's ridiculous you know um that's just even daunting to think about three four five six seven eight nine months to put a book together in one that you're not even sure how to publish or market yet it's an insane amount of work for nothing. And another reason is that some people just might not be good at writing. Just simple and flat out. Is that something that you've experienced? Like, think about it. Like, sometimes writing is just freaking hard. And not everybody was born a writer. No one's born. And so, for these reasons, for these reasons, people turn to these writing coaches and these ghost writers. But, and this is coming from the position of a former ghost writer who's ghost written for people with businesses. Okay. Uh... They never really get what they're asking for. And the reason for that is this. And tell me if you've experienced this. Like, also, have you worked with a ghostwriter and they've given you something back and you're just like, eh? Well, there's like 100% of my clients probably have felt that way throughout history. And the reason is because ghostwriting is like playing a game of telephone. You know, when you tell somebody a phrase and then you tell another person and you tell another person, and by the time you get back to the line, you probably played play this in high school. By the time you get to the back, you know, the last person, they say the phrase and it's something completely different. When you pass your ideas through the mind of another human being, those ideas will not come out their mind or come out their, in their writing without being tainted by their own mind. It's like telling a painter to paint your girlfriend and giving them like descriptions and things like that. 
um, not really going to work out. You'll probably still accept it like, eh, this is the best we can get with the system that we're using, but it's not going to be the product that you actually asked for because it's coming through his perception. And because of that, ghostwriters are flawed. And I say this and I admit this as a ghostwriter, but I have good news for you. We're not living in the 1800s anymore where we need scribes. <laughs> you know, we don't, ghostwriters should never be used by anyone on this face of this planet after this year. You know, so I have a solution for you. This is the way that we do it at Memoir Launch. Think of your book, whatever your book might be, however big it might be. I don't care if your book is 500 pages long. That's a big, time-consuming, expensive, and complex thing. And on top of that, ghostwriters like to cost 25 grand for the subpar work they do. Okay? Think about your book. 500 pages is a massive, complex thing, right? Now, I, I like to be challenging. So I believe we can get your book done from cover to cover for way less expensive than a ghostwriter. And exactly in your voice, crystal clear, 100% satisfaction in a span of seven days or less. Now, you might be like, uh, that's kind of impossible. No, it isn't. We don't live in the 1900s anymore. We live in the future. And so how do we do that at Memoir Launch? The way we do that, just to keep it simple and not too complex, we rely on voice writing technology. We rely on you know machine learning, artificial intelligence to take that gap between the ideas in your head in actual text and shrink it. Like we like we crush it into a span of seven days through new technology and methods. Let me explain to you how this process kind of works. You have these soup of ideas in your head and you don't know how to organize anything from anything. We get a little specialized team for you, maybe one or two people, and we do an interview series with you to bounce back and forth and kind of organize your ideas in a way that's actually like, uh, it reads well, one, and step two, it's actually effective because a lot of books you put them out into the world and they like no one cares about them it's like you know they're not effective because those are books a book is like a letter what we write for you is called a sales memoir i'm not trying to get too complicated so i'm going to just completely explain this very briefly a book is like a letter a sales memoir is like a sales letter sales memoirs are the books that indoctrinate your audience and makes them join your tribe by default Books like, like, like I said, Dot Com Secrets. You read Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson, you will become a funnel hacker because it's structured in that way. Most people write, read the Bible, they will become a Christian. Most people in the 1940s, they read the Communist Manifesto because of the way the ideas in the book were structured and you will become a communist. But how, it is, how is it that we structure our ideas in a way that reads well and place them in a book in a way that also indoctrinates? So that's step one. It's a small little interview series. You know, you kind of just talk about everything that you like. <laughs> you know, you, whatever you rant about on a daily basis, you just rant to us. A lot of people describe this process as therapeutic or whatever. And after we do that entire process, we take the audio and all we do, no matter if your book is 200, 300, 400 pages long, we just feed it to the AI. And immediately it pops out something that does not require a bunch of freaking editing from a freaking expensive editor because these editors are ridiculously priced. It doesn't require a $25,000 ghostwriter. It doesn't require any of that. So what happens after that? Well, you get your manuscript first and foremost. And then second, that same team comes along with you in the third phase of the process. We publish the book for you. And then we begin to work on a little marketing campaign to actually get that idea in your head out into the world 
in a form of a mass movement, okay? Like all the thought leaders in the modern world has. How Tony Robbins has a book, how Russell Brunson has a book, how Frank Kern, everyone has a book. And it's following the same strategy and process they has they have. Now you might be thinking this is too good to be true. Uh, <laughs> you know, go see for yourself. You know, if you're interested in this process, if you're interested in being part of the memoir launch beta, and it is in beta, and because it's in beta, you're getting a very, very, very one-time extreme discount. But if you want to be part of this beta and potentially get your book done, because it depends on your schedule also, in seven days flat, perfectly in your voice, and deliver it to your house in a hard copy and published, then just click the link in the bio below of any of these podcast episodes. It'll be a link to like a website where you can join the waiting list. And when Memoir Launch is ready to launch, we'll start calling people on the waiting list. It's first come, first serve. And so if you sign up late, well, you're going to get called pretty late. Um, But sign up for the waiting list. It'll be a link below. It'll be the only link below. And uh, once you sign up for the waiting list, we'll be in contact with you shortly and we'll help you launch your first sales memoir to the world okay well uh i don't really know if i have anything else to say about that sounds like a cool process though right well this is uh dallas from memoir launch and i just explained to you the best way to profitably push your ideas out into the world in a form of mass movements so like i said if you're interested in that click the link uh here in the podcast notes in the description whatever you want to call it and man, I really, 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 uh, the business, you know, the mission of this business, there's a handicap, you know, on writers in the world. There's a huge gap between ID and text. And a lot of people are handicapped. They can't clear that gap. And it's the mission of this business to invent technology that erases that gap once and for all. So I want you to be part of this cause, man. I really look forward to speaking to you. I look forward to working with you. I look forward to like knocking this out of the park and welcoming the future with open arms so i'm not going to go on on and on but uh like i said if you're interested in being part of the beta if you're interested in being part of the future um click down below uh for the beta also the entire process of marketing your book um designing campaigns to actually launch that thing out to the world completely free by the way completely free and so click down in the bio below It'll be a link down there. Uh, without further ado, you know I suck at closing things out. This is Dallas from Grand Design and from Memoir Launch. And I look forward to speaking with you and actually helping you get these ideas out, man. Peace.